What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly and will be on tonight as you guys are listening to this on Facebook. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, a lot to get into today. It is going to be your typical Thursday show. We're going to be getting into our keys for success offensively and defensively for the Chargers in the second and third segments of the show. But we start the show with some injury news. Today, it's actually good injury news, which is something that never seems to happen for the Chargers. So we'll start with that because we have an update on Russell Okung, and we also have updates on Justin Jackson and Melvin Ingram as well, who's trying to fight his way back from that hamstring injury that's cost him a few games. So let's go ahead and get into it, guys. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer. We finally found out some good news revolving around Russell Okung on Wednesday when Anthony Lynn said that Russell Okung is practicing and that he will make his return this Sunday against the Chicago Bears. So a huge news for the Chargers and a huge boost to that offensive line that has really struggled so far this year. You can't really tell by the sack numbers. Those don't really tell the entire story of how bad that Chargers offensive line has been. And hopefully this can kick up the running game as well, because without Russell Okung, especially over the last few weeks, the Chargers have really struggled to get going in the running game. And it's really been tough to watch for Melvin Gordon in his return. But David, Russell Okung is back, your unquestioned leader on that offensive line. So now Trent Scott will either move to right tackle or move to the bench. I think it's going to be Sam Tebby's job at first at right tackle to lose. But more importantly, you get that blind side protector back. You get the anchor back on the left side of the line. And at least, David, if you have that guy protecting your blind spot, you can see the rest of the rush coming. It's going to be huge this weekend to get Russell Okung back on the field. First of all, hallelujah. And of course, we are very happy that Russell Okung has a full bill of health and that he's going to come back and help the Chargers hopefully win some games this year. But also, I think it's important to mention that Anthony Lynn did say that Trent Scott is going to be playing majority of the reps and Russell Okung is kind of get going to get sprinkled in which i don't know how that's actually going to work i think that that plan might change throughout the course of the game i hope it does i hope russell kung shows that he's healthy ready to go and that he's going to make a difference not only as the pass protector but in the run game like you mentioned yeah, we have to hope that it's mostly russell kung and less of trent scott i don't think it makes much sense to rotate offensive linemen i mean especially for a coach who is so worried about chemistry it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to, you know, try to ease Russell Okung back at left tackle. You're either ready to play left tackle in the NFL or you're not. There's not much gray area there. I think you play Russell Okung as much as you can and you live with whatever rust he's trying to shake off because it would be pretty naive to think that he's going to come back and be 100% the player that we saw when he last suited up for the Chargers. There's definitely going to be 
an adjustment period for Russell Okung. But some more good news that we saw this week, David, regarding injuries or a couple of players the Chargers need desperately to get back on the field, and that is Melvin Ingram and Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson obviously had a lot of run without Melvin Gordon for the first four weeks of the season, but he was their most efficient ball carrier. I mean, he was leading the league in yards per carry for a little bit, so... They desperately need to get Justin Jackson back on the field to try to jumpstart that running game. And the other player, Melvin Ingram, we all know what Melvin Ingram brings to the table defensively. He is not just a pass rusher. He's not just a run stuffer. He is a very versatile all-around player, and he's a playmaker. And right now, your defense desperately is lacking playmakers. You've seen Uchenna and Wosu at times, but the number one playmaker of this defense is Derwin James, and you haven't been able to have him on the field to David, hopefully this week the Chargers can get their best ball carrier and best rusher back and also get one of their best defensive playmakers back. Absolutely. I think it's really exciting that Justin Jackson is finally back at practice. I think he really helped move the football down the field for the Chargers. Just really decisive, very, very fast, very quick. I mean, he just looked really good. And honestly, if he comes back and he shows that he's healthy, he might make Melvin Gordon uh, expendable and I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there but also to see that you know Melvin Ingram's finally officially back at practice it's a very encouraging sign the Chargers have desperately missed him anytime you have a pass rusher of that caliber out it affects the entire defense so hopefully he's rearing up and getting ready to go because the Chargers need to get all the pressure they can on Mitchell Trubisky yeah absolutely and I especially think it's important just because of what you've seen from Uchenna and Nuosu since Melvin Ingram's been out, and you've seen him really flash in the last few games. So it's a really exciting prospect to get both of those guys on the field at the same time and get both of those guys and Joey Bosa getting after the passer at the same time. And as far as Justin Jackson goes, this Chargers team was much better when it was Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson as the one-two punch than it has been with Melvin Gordon and a sprinkle of Austin Eckler in the running game. So the Chargers desperately want their best pure runner back on the field this weekend against Chicago. But we do have two more segments to get into, getting into our keys for success. So in the next segment, we're going to start with the Chargers offense going up against a very stout Chicago Bears defense before wrapping up the show with what we need to see from the Chargers defense, which has struggled over the last few games. But first, I need to tell you guys that the best way to get excited about football on Sunday is not when your favorite team is on the field. It's whatever team you have action on is on the field. And the best place to bet on football this season is mybookie.ag. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with mybookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend and always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at mybookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little bit and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet. When they all come through, the rewards will be huge. The best part right now, guys, MyBookie is going to double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a 1000 bucks, they will double that and give you an extra $1,000 to bet with for free. That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all of your favorite picks. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. All caps, one word to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your cash today at mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. 
All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into a segment we get into every single week on Thursday, and that is our keys for success. And today we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball, an offense that has really struggled seemingly until the game is out of reach. And then they just become some sort of unstoppable force that can only be stopped by the goal line on a one yard carry. But the Chargers offense needs to have a good week because they're going up against another premier defense. We've already seen some pretty good defenses with the Broncos, the Steelers and the Titans, and the schedule gets no easier this week, at least for the Chargers offense, as they have to go up against a Bears defense, which I don't really think the stats reflect how good of a defense it is. The best news for the Chargers is that the Chicago Bears defense does not have Akeem Hicks, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the entire NFL, but they have plenty of playmakers on this defense that can make you pay. I mean, you have Eddie Jackson on the back end, you have Kyle Fuller, at corner, who's before this year is one of the better corners in the NFL performance-wise. And then you have you know guys like Roquan Smith and, of course, Khalil Mack, who is just one of the most dominant defensive players that you could go against. So the Chargers are going to have their hands full offensively this week. So, John, when you're looking at the Chargers going up against another tough matchup, what do you want to see them do this week to find success? I want to see the Chargers take their time going down the field, find your holes, the Bears will give you your yards. They will give you your yards. Even And they're not playing a bend-don't-break defense. They're coming after you. They're trying to stop you three and out. They want to sack you. They want to tackle you in the back. But they will give you your yards. And you have to be patient. Phillip Rivers, you need to be patient. No hero ball. Move down the field, and you will get your points. This is the kind of game the Chargers are going to need to fight that really low-scoring type of game, probably which means every point matters, whether it's a field goal or whatever. Take what you can get. Be patient. Move down the field. Do not take a deep shot. Eventually, those will come. Yeah, you have to take what the defense is giving you. And I think Phil Rivers, for the most part, at least on a level playing field, you know, when he's not behind by 14 or 17 or 24, is good at taking what the defense is going to give him. So I think the Chargers will be able to move the ball in this game, but can't they cash in? on points when they get close. You're right. I mean, field goals this week aren't the end of the world if you're ending drives with field goals. I mean, but for me, you can't be running this offense where you're just taking all this time off the clock and not be putting up touchdowns or at least getting points on the end of it because you can shorten the game all you want. If the other team just keeps end up scoring more than you and they're doing it in three minutes where it's taking you, you know, nine minutes to get down the field and put up a score, that strategy doesn't really work out. So For the Chargers offensively, for me, I need them to keep Hunter Henry involved early in the game and throughout the game. I mean, we've seen just stretches of dominance by Hunter Henry, but a lot of times it's either happening too late in the game or they're getting him involved early and not continuing to do it later on in the second half. So, David, for me, when you've seen what Hunter Henry has done these last couple of weeks, you need to get it going early and often. And the best way to use Hunter Henry is off that play action pass. So we'll talk about the run game as well. But the Chargers need to use Hunter Henry because he has just been torching guys the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and don't go away from him in the middle of the game. I mean, I like how they use him in the beginning and in the end, but I don't want to see them continue to use him throughout the game, not just in the beginning and the end. But for me, my key on offense is to utilize Austin Eckler in the passing game again. See, last week, Austin Eckler had seven receptions for 118 yards, and this week going up against the Chicago Bears per the NFL.com, they're giving up the fifth most receiving yards to running back, so there's going to be opportunities for Austin Eckler in the passing game from the running back position to really get chunk yardage and help move that uh, football down the football field. And I think 
Austin Eckler in this game is one of your true mismatches. I think between him and Roquan Smith, who was actually not on the field as much as he normally was last week when Latavius Murray ran and caught the ball all over the Chicago Bears defense, that's going to be a good matchup. But I think that kind of leads into my next point, John, and that is don't try to force feed Melvin Gordon. I mean, you gave him the touches he wanted last week, 16 carries for 32 yards. I mean, he had a couple of six-yard carries and had some times he looked okay, but the Chargers are taking Austin Eckler off the field on most of the plays Melvin Gordon is there. Yes, he's lined up in the slot and he's been a receiver, but I think the Chargers have taken Austin Eckler off the field because of Melvin Gordon's return. And I know since Melvin Gordon's return, he's only been on the field for 57% of the offensive snaps, where before that he was close to... 75 to 80% of the Chargers offensive snaps and the Chargers offense is just better when Austin Eckler is on the field and John, I think that the Chargers have tried too much to try to get Melvin Gordon going to the detriment of their offense and I don't want to see them do that this week amen preach my brother please stop force feeding Melvin Gordon make Austin Eckler your premier starting back and make Melvin Gordon be the change of pace or the guy that comes in and gives a breather, whatever, something else other than the guy that's trying to get a lot of these carries. He is not gaining the yards that you want. He's shown fumble. He's shown that he's going to fumble the ball the past couple of games. And he he's falling down easily again. We talked about it last year. We were saying we need to see him drive the feet, keep going, run through tackles. And he did that. Now he's going back to his, once he gets hit, he falls over mentality and it's it's going to hurt the team Austin Eckler tries to keep going he breaks the tackles he makes guys miss keep him in the game he's the energy to this offense if you give Melvin Gordon the ball this week we're going to struggle again moving the ball in the first half so you got to get Austin Eckler in, involved running and passing wise and well, they I need think- to be more creative running the football too I mean a, a lot of the times their running plays they've utilized the last couple of games have been very vanilla and very easy to predict so they need to get more pitches they need to get more runs out to the perimeter they need to start pulling some guards they need to get more creative in the running game to try to spark this running offense well and the problem with that though and I think why they don't do it as much with Melvin Gordon is if you do it with Justin Jackson or Austin Eckler they're most of the time at least going to make it back to the line of scrimmage if things don't stack up right and there's a lot of penetration along those lines. If you do it with Melvin Gordon, sometimes it just turns into a loss of four yards. And yes, you're taking that risk anytime you run those plays, but I do think that does play some part of why they haven't been doing that as much with Melvin Gordon on the field. And Anthony Lynn loves to talk about Austin Eckler still getting the touches. He's still getting the touches. If you're going by just what they're doing with those touches, there's no way Melvin Gordon gets on the field. I mean, according to Pro Football Focus, Melvin Gordon is averaging just 2.6 yards per touch this season. That's running the football and catching the football. When he touches the football, he gains an average of 2.6 yards. Austin Eckler is the exact flip of that. Austin Eckler, every time he touches the ball, is averaging 6.2 yards per touch. You're going to tell me that guy shouldn't be on the field more than Melvin Gordon at this point. Anthony Lynn's playing buddy ball if he continues to use Melvin Gordon if he's taking Austin Eckler off of the field. I mean, they used Austin Eckler as a decoy twice last week to give Melvin Gordon a one-yard carry that he couldn't convert and eventually fumbled. It's ridiculous if you think that Austin Eckler isn't the better choice for your offense at this point, in my opinion. And, I mean, if you're looking at their touches and what they're doing with them, who's making the most out of their touches? 
Now, Austin Eckler hasn't dropped a pass this year. He's caught 49 out of 52 of his targets. He's forced 15 missed tackles on his receptions. I mean, he's just a player you have to have on the field pretty much at all times if you can, if you're the Chargers. And I don't want to see them give it to Melvin Gordon just because he's a first-round pick and his name is Melvin Gordon. Put the more productive player on the field. So continuing to get into the keys for success, David, we need to see another option for the Chargers offense, so especially in the passing game, when you cannot run the ball like the Chargers have been unable to do the last few weeks, you need other options on that offense. And I think when you're talking about that, you have to look at that third wide receiver position and who that's going to be. Obviously, Travis Benjamin's off the table at this point. So you need that third option. I personally like Jason Moore, who absolutely lit somebody up last week on special teams coverage. He was just lighting somebody up. But I like Jason Moore. I also like Andre Patton. But one of those guys is going to have to get out there and prove that he can earn Phillip Rivers' trust because right now those guys just aren't getting targets. And Jason Moore's case, I mean, after having a pretty good game, just can't get back on the field. But the Chargers need a third option at wide receiver. We saw that killing them when it was Travis Benjamin. And since he's been put on IR, given it's only been a week, no one's been able to step up and fill that void. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it makes them, the offense more predictable when they say, oh, I'm going to key in on Keenan Allen. I'm going to try to take away Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. Well, somebody else has got to try to step up and make a play. I mean, it can't always just be all of those guys in Austin Eckler. I mean, someone else has got to step up and try to help move the football down the field and make the offense a little bit more exotic. But for me, the next key is, you know, we mentioned Khalil Mack in the beginning. You cannot and I mean, cannot lose place of where he is. You got to know where Khalil Mack is at all times and do not let him wreck this game. And also be wary of interior pressure from Nick Williams because Khalil Mack and Nick Williams have at least four sacks. So they can, they can do it on the edge and they can do it in the middle. So got to be wary of where those two guys are at all times. Yeah, and they have some guys that can get after the passer. And I mean, really... Outside of Khalil Mack, those other guys have plenty enough going up against a Chargers offensive line. We've seen the Chargers offensive line make some pretty subpar pass rushes look elite at times. So obviously getting Russell Okung back on the field helps. I mean, even if it's third downs and obvious passing situations, it's hard to calculate how much that's going to help. But the offensive line, as always, is a key for success. And I mean, just maybe a key for not getting in the way of success is what we should really describe this offensive line like. Because obviously, with with Phillip Rivers, if he gets spooked early in the game, if he's facing constant pressure, he's going to try to force some throws. You're going to get that hero mode from Phillip Rivers, and that's what we're trying to avoid at all costs. So let's see in this game if we can just get some average pass protection like we saw in the second half of last game. I liked what I saw out of Scott Questenberry. I think this group can get it done. If they can do that, the Chargers should find success this week offensively. Whether they'll cash it in and get the most points available to them, probably not, but that's just Chargers football so far. But we do have one more segment to get into talking about what we want to see from the Chargers defense, a group that's going up a very subpar offense and a very erratic quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky coming up right after this. All right, guys, time to get into the final segment of the show, getting into our keys for success for the defensive side of the football for the Chargers and a defense that had its moments again last week and then also had some moments why we realized there's so many issues on the Chargers defense. So the Chargers defense in this game, what I'm looking for them, I think one of the biggest keys for success is going to be finding a way to force a turnover. I mean, the Bears love to get in their own way. They've been fumbling. They've thrown a few interceptions. When you have a struggling Chargers offense going up against a pretty good Bears defense, you're going to need a little extra out of your defense 
this week. So I'd like to see them put some points on the board maybe or at least set the Chargers offense up with some good field position to help them out a little bit because they're going to need all the help they can get. But, John, when you're looking at this game and you're thinking about what you need to see from the Chargers this week, what do you want to see from them defensively? Well, believe it or not, it's got to be more offensively, and that means basically getting the Bears out of their running game. In the games the Bears have lost against the Raiders, they had 17 carries. Against the Saints, 7 carries. And against the Packers, 15 carries. So if you can get them out of their run game and get Mitchell Trubisky to throw the ball, that's where you're going to win this game. He is not a franchise QB. He's not going to take over the game. He makes bad reads. He has his bad throws. And most of all, he's not going to make something happen. He's basically one of those type of guys that comes into the game to try to keep the game manageable offensively so that the defense can take over the game like the Broncos were doing when they won the Super Bowl. And he has a tendency to hold on to the football, too. So I think you want to encourage him to do that because obviously when quarterbacks hold on to the football too long, that's when they tend to make mistakes. So definitely get as much pressure and try to make him throw off his back foot, too. Well, and that's one of the things that has been a kryptonite for the Chargers defense, specifically in this cover three zone, is just those seven-yard passing plays that just seem to be there on any given play. I think if you give Mitchell Trubisky a bunch of easy reads, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he showed it last year when he led the Bears to a 12-4 and record. So I think that, you know, is he the quarterback of the future? Obviously, that's not for us to decide as Chargers analysts, but... He obviously leaves a lot to be desired as far as quarterback and throwing the football go. He's only rushed the ball five times, as Lauren from Lockdown Bears told us. So he's not a big scrambling threat to get out and make you pay with his legs. But the one thing that does scare me is just his escapability. He is the more athletic quarterback. He's one of the more athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that the Bears are going to use that to their advantage, getting him in rollout situations, giving him easy throws to the tight ends in the flats. And Really, just when he breaks a play open, when he escapes the pass rush, which the Chargers, we saw against guys like Deshaun Watson countless times, the Chargers always struggle with that. Can the Chargers' secondary defense, and when they're reacting to a broken play, can they hold it together? And I think that's going to be a key this week. But, David, what I really want to see from the Chargers is them get out to a hot start defensively, maybe get a turnover, maybe get a couple of three and outs. Do not let this Bears offense get comfortable. And I know we're talking about a a younger quarterback who will absolutely implode if you give him a chance to. The Chargers need to get off to a hot start because the last thing you can do is let the Bears get up 14-0 or something along those lines and let them start dictating to you what they want to do. Yeah, the last couple of quarterbacks that the Chargers have played have been guys that are trying either nobodies or trying to reestablish their value, and you've allowed them. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. You've allowed them to get really comfortable and really build their confidence up. You cannot do that with Mitchell Trubisky because he's going to do the same thing these other guys were doing, which is making easy pitches and catches and moving the ball down the field and being very successful. So I absolutely love that key of get you know not letting him you know get that confidence and really getting off to a hot start on the defensive side. So for me, I kind of want to touch on a special teams kind of key here. See, the the Bears have Corderell Patterson, and he is one of the most dangerous return men in the league. So you absolutely have to know where he, uh, or excuse me, you have to be able to defend him in the return game and, of course, in the punt return game. And also, they like to try to get him in space on offense, too, and let him gallop. So definitely be aware of where he is on on, on the field at all times. He's a very, very, very fast guy. 
Yeah, I think he's been their most effective ball carrier this year, too, like you were saying. I mean, they, that's the only time they've had success running the football is when they're giving it to Corderell Patterson, which we've seen dice the Chargers up before in his time with the Raiders or even the Patriots. And, yeah, special teams-wise, I think that we don't have a segment for that, obviously, but they, Anthony Lynn said today in his press conference, they lead the NFL in punt return average and kickoff return average. So you're going up against the best return team in the league. So you cannot absolutely – cannot allow a big play in the return game or a touchdown. I mean, that would be a devastation for the Chargers who cannot allow free points like that when they're not having to earn it against your defense. This defense and this offense are not good enough to overcome things like that. So I think that's huge. I mean, speaking about Tariq Cohen, who can take it back on a punt return, that's a guy who scares me this week because of the Chargers' lack of tackling. I mean, he's a guy that can catch it in the flat, make a few people miss. And, and be gone to the house. I mean, he is such a shifty little back. He's one of the best pass catcher running backs in the league. I mean, he's no Austin Eckler. Don't get me wrong. But he's a guy that really scares me, especially against this linebacking core that has really struggled to tackle. And, I mean, the defensive backs haven't been able to really tackle either. So I think Tariq Cohen, to me, John, is a guy you absolutely have to keep an eye on because I think he's a guy like you saw maybe from Deion Lewis last year in the London game against the Titans that can dice you up. When I was on the Bears Barroom podcast earlier this week, I brought up how Tariq Cohen worries me this week as well. This guy is small, but he is strong, he is powerful, and he is shifty. And if he gets the ball in open space with how bad our tackling is, it's going to be trouble. He's got to be someone you got to key in on. Nobody else is going to take over this game, really, for the Bears. They got some guys that could maybe make some plays, but Tariq Cohen will make the plays. Now, the Bears coach, Matt Nagy, said he wants to run the ball more. But the last few weeks, it hasn't been shown, especially last week. Tariq Cohen was the leading rusher with three carries. Yeah. So in the running game, you're probably not going to have to worry about him. But in the passing game, if you see him run out somewhere, you got to have somebody on him and do not let him get going. you got to box him up and surround him quickly. You do. And I think you have to send a lot of people to the ball, too, and especially when he has it. You cannot just assume somebody has the tackle. So you let up a little bit. And I think that's another big test. We talked about him rushing the football. Can this Chargers defensive line step up against one of the worst rushing attacks in the NFL? I mean, they've averaged only 70 rushing yards per game. They're one of the few teams that is down there with the Chargers as far as running the football goes. The Chargers defensive line has a great shot this week to look really good against the run. And somehow I still don't have a lot of confidence in that. But besides that, can you get after the quarterback? Can you win the battle in the trenches if you're the Chargers defensive line? You you doubt you'll see a lot of Sylvester Williams this week. And right now it's looking like you're going to have neither Justin Jones nor Brandon Mebane. So with the guys you have in there, T.Y. McGill, Jerry Tillery, Cortez Broughton, Damian Square, can those guys come back after a week where I thought they actually played pretty well against Derrick Henry in that offensive line. Can they come back and actually dominate a game and not let the run other team run the ball at all? Because if there was a team they could do it against, it would be the team that only ran the ball seven times last week. If you can have a game like that and you let Mitchell Trubisky go back there and throw it 60 times, I think the Chargers will win this game hands down. But we'd be joking ourselves if we didn't think this game was going to come down to the Chargers in the trenches and what they're going to be able to do with that defensive line, hopefully getting Melvin Ingram back, but especially in that interior and, and not just letting the other team, you know, have five yards per carry. If you can get Mitchell Trubisky in third and tens, third and twelves, it's over for them. I mean, their offense just is not dynamic enough 
to make those plays. I don't think they've eclipsed 300 total yards of offense this season. So they don't have that kind of playmaking ability. Obviously, the big guy there is Allen Robinson, who who balled out a little bit last week. And he is a really good receiver that can make up for some of the worst throws from Mitch Trubisky. But I like Casey Hayward, and I like the Chargers secondary, at least as far as covering you know one guy in Allen Robinson. If it, it gets near the, the red zone and the Chargers start running wacky defenses, who the hell knows? But it's going to be a big week, and the Chargers defense has a chance to come out against a very poor offense and look really good. So let's hope they can get it done this week. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We do have one more show for you guys tomorrow. Obviously, getting into our fan voicemails, which I have to shout out to you guys because we have six fan voicemails this week. There's no way we're going to get them all on the show. But I do want to say, hey, guys, if you could, please just try to keep them under two minutes. I know we have one right now. I'm not going to call it names, but you know who you are. You're one of my favorites. Four and a half minute voicemail. There's just no way we can get that on the show, on the show with 10 minute segments. So we want to get as many people in there as we can and get to as many questions as we can. So try to shorten them up a little bit here, guys. But if you guys want to get on the show, make sure to call into 323-524-7924. Every Chargers voicemail we get gets played on the show. And if you guys don't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us, rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back with you guys to wrap up the week tomorrow on Friday. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.